Hippocrates is known as the father of modern medicine. Among his most important contributions is how he systematized medicine and medical treatments, disentangling them from religion and superstition, and how he created the world's first medical school by training other young physicians in his methods. It was around 400 BC that Hippocrates developed a treatment for epilepsy. Children and adults were being brought to him, and they would be prescribed a diet of, well, nothing, only water for several days at a time. And that was the world's first ketogenic diet. Hey, I'm Dr. E, and this is the Highway to Health Show. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. This is episode four of the Highway to Health show. I'm your host, Dr. E, and today we're talking about the keto diet. Well, not just the keto diet, but low-carb dieting in general. I will talk about the differences between paleo, keto, Atkins, and Whole30 diets. I'll briefly go over some of the other variants, such as the Bulletproof diet and the more recent carnivore diet. So without further ado, let's get started. First of all, I mean, this whole thing came to me recently Um, I cook a lot for my family. Some of you who follow us on Instagram probably know. And I don't exactly remember what I did. And I added some uh, orange juice to it. And Evelyn, my wife, uh, turned around and said, but that's not keto. And that's actually what triggered the whole creation of this episode and calling it is that keto because there are so many things out there that now we try to understand and to think whether they are keto ketogenic. So ketogenic means that it promotes or that it creates ketones. And there are many things that are properly ketogenic. And there are many other things which are keto friendly. And there are some a lot of things that aren't um, ketogenic at all. On the contrary, they will kick you out of ketosis. At the beginning of this episode, I spoke a little bit about the keto diets and how it's being used for epilepsy. And as a matter of fact, even Hippocrates back then would use ketogenic diets. Of course, he didn't know he was doing a ketogenic diet. He was just making his patients fast uh, in order to control their seizures and their epilepsy symptoms. And what's really happening is that when you fast, your body is forced to manufacture its own energy. And how does it do it? It grabs the fat that is lying in your body, mostly you know around your visceral organs and underneath your skin, so belly fat and all these different areas, and sends it to the liver, and the liver converts it into ketones. And these ketone bodies act, and they can go into their different cells, and they are converted in the mitochondria into energy units. And that's how we continue functioning when, when we need more energy. Now, what they started seeing is that in these patients, when they were being forced to fast, because ketones are a much cleaner source of cellular fuel than glucose, they were not having as many seizures. Now, of course, they couldn't 
just stay fasting forever. But so as soon as they as they started their regular diets again, they saw that many of these symptoms started coming back, and and then they started you know kind of like like cycling them and and doing all these different things. And of course, we don't have a lot of. Um, notes and a lot of evidence of, of really what happened back in back in the day, but then early in the 20th century, a lot of researchers, even in in, in France and here in the U.S., they started redoing or they started rethinking this ketogenic diet. And one of the things that they noticed is that it wasn't necessary for patients to fast. What was very important was to decrease or eliminate the input of carbohydrates. So there are three basic macronutrients, and it is fats, protein, and carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are the easiest ones to use. Uh, they will be converted in our gut by our, our, our microbiome. They will be converted into glucose or different sugars. And these different sugars are absorbed very quickly and very rapidly through our intestines into our bloodstream, and they will uh, very quickly and rapidly feed our cells. Our cells will use up the energy, and they will also create cellular waste. That is why many of these high-glucose diets are pro-inflammatory, because our cells are constantly being doing this. Now, what happens is that when we get hungry... It is because our cells don't necessarily have all the energy that they need, and they need uh, this little extra boost of energy. So we get hungry. We turn around and we eat something that is high in glucose. Uh, so we drink a glass of juice, or we eat some cereal, or we eat some rice, or, or pasta, or something like that. And what happens is that our glucose will spike right away because it is rapidly absorbed, but then our pancreas will recognize this and will release insulin into our bloodstream so that all this glucose can enter the different cells and feed them. What starts happening is that as we continue stimulating our body in this manner and we continue creating all this big influxes of uh, insul- of uh, glucose, I'm sorry, into our bloodstream, two things are going to happen to our cells. One is they're going to start getting full of glucose. So they're not going to necessarily need all that additional glucose. And second, they're going to stop reacting as well and sufficiently to insulin. So the next time they see an insulin uh, molecule out there, they simply won't open up the cells. So that's going to lead to insulin resistance, which I'm sure you've heard about. And what's going to happen is that all the excess glucose that we have in the cells will start getting converted into fat and will be will start being mobilized to our different uh, fat cells and they will start growing and we will start getting fatter and fatter. And, and that's essentially what's currently happening. And that's what we see a lot of with the standard American diet. We're eating too many carbohydrates, too many processed foods, too many very highly sweetened foods. And what's triggering is an excessive amount of carbohydrates. So when we start thinking of it in a different manner, what we're able to do is if we can remove or eliminate or at least decrease in an important manner the amount of carbohydrates that we're consuming, then we will force our cells to start converting our fat. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that even if we eat a little bit of carbohydrates, if we decrease them a lot, let's say we are eating um, 
maybe five, six hundred grams of carbs in a day, which isn't strange for the standard American diet. Sometimes it's even more than that. And we decrease them, we cut those in half, and we go down to 250 grams of, of carbs a day. That is still going to be a lot, and, and that's not going to trigger any production of, of ketone bodies. We need to go, really to consider something a low-carb diet, we need to go around 125, 100 grams uh, per day, and even lower than that if we want to consider it a proper keto diet. So those are things that are that are very important for us to to really understand because the difference is almost night and day. We can decrease the amount and this is actually what happens with a lot of diets. So they will cut carbs in half, but they will still be well above the threshold. So what's going to happen is that People will be very hungry because you've just decreased the amount of, of carbohydrates that they're consuming in half, but the decrease is not large enough for ketone production to be triggered. So they're not getting that additional energy that or, or that different or alternative source of fuel that they should be triggering. That's why it's very important that if you're going to do this, you do it right. You cannot, you cannot do this kind of thing uh, with keto dieting. This is not the kind of thing that you do 80% of the work and you get 80% of the result because a lot of the times you do 80% of the work and you get 0% of the result. It is when you go beyond that that you actually start getting some of those uh, additional results. So like I said, it's, it's very, very important to understand that. Now, like I said at the beginning, what they noticed is that when we are able to decrease the amount of carbs that we consume on a day-to-day basis, we can go into a state of ketosis. Now, if you get rid of your carbs or you decrease, importantly, the amount of carbs that you're consuming, then you have to replace them with something else, correct? Because this is a proportion. The the lesser the amount of carbs, it will increase the percentage of proteins. It'll increase the percentage of, of fats. Now, one of the most common mistakes that people make is that when they start cutting their carbs, they will simply increase their protein, but they will not increase their fat. Remember, a, the keto-ketogenic diet is not that it is that it is low carb. The most important keto-ketogenic diet is that it is high fat. So, of course, it is low carb, but it has to be high fat. Otherwise, it simply won't be ketogenic, which isn't necessarily the goal in a lot of cases. It doesn't mean that high protein is bad. Uh, It just means that if you are really looking to harness the benefits of a keto diet, then you need to go high fat. And there are several ways of doing it. You can start consuming foods that are higher in fat uh, naturally. So coconuts, coconut oil, um, avocados, uh, whole eggs, whole milk, all these different foods that for, for so many years we Satanized and, and uh, we thought they were the, the, the devil. Uh, now we realize that they're not really that bad. And it's really the hydrogenated fats that are that are really causing us harm. And it is the carbs that we consume these fats a lot of the times with that are that are creating these uh, problems for us. So one very important thing to consider is if you're going to be lowering your carbs, you need to increase your fat. Uh, an easy way of doing this is to start incorporating certain uh, certain oils. So you start using uh, a very common one is MCT oil, uh, which is derived from coconut oil. It's a medium chain triglyceride, and you can use that in salad dressings. You can use that in many ways. You can also start increasing the amount of uh, 
extra virgin olive oil that he used, uh, use um, avocado oil, uh, coconut oil. Those are easy ways to increase your fat uh, intake. That's also what brings us or, or what started making the Bulletproof diet popular because what, what they started advocating was to put butter. So butter from grass-fed cows, um, to use it and to blend it with your coffee. So instead of using creamer, you use, you use uh, butter and it's, it's really tasty. I really like it. I've done that for, for many, for many years. You drink, you do coffee and you blend it with, uh, with butter. I'll make sure to link to the official Bulletproof recipe, uh, or you can just look up uh, butter coffee online and, uh, you'll be able to, to see the different ways of doing it. And you also add, uh, MCT oils. And the great advantage of this, uh, is that it is part of an, a, a modified and intermittent fast that that they present now the great thing about fasting or what they recognize is that you don't necessarily need to fast for extended periods of time to go into ketosis all you really need to do is to stay away from carbs so if you don't consume carbs and you don't consume protein and you're only consuming fat you're not triggering certain specific mechanisms in our body uh that 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 do kick you out of uh do, do kick you out of uh, of, of fasting and uh, and thus you're able to kind of trick your body and that's why they call it biohacking you're able to trick your body into believing that you are fasting and you will eventually start producing uh this these ketone bodies and you do that uh by having one fat coffee for instance in the morning uh so you have like a high fat uh, meal which is this coffee which a lot of the times is six seven eight hundred calories sometimes even more than that and that'll keep you full and satiated until lunch and then at lunch you can and have a, a proper meal, low carb, and and then you have an early dinner, and then again you you fast the following night. So, for instance, if you have dinner at six, and uh, you go to bed at eight or at nine or at ten, and then you wake up at six, and you don't you only have one of these uh, bulletproof coffees or fat coffees in the morning, and then you don't eat until lunchtime at let's say one you or or noon for instance to make it easy to me uh, for me uh you fasted again for for a straight 18 hours so you're you're only eating in a six hour uh, window and you're fasting for 18 and this is what a lot of people uh do in terms of intermittent fasting which is a good way to start kind of like easing into it uh there are certain caveats i don't want to make this sound like uh like a straight up guide um, I'm, I'm available if you if you have specific questions, I'll be happy to address some of those as many as I can over uh, social media or on my website. Just leave us a, a, a comment there. Uh, it's always very, very important, especially if you're a woman, uh, especially, especially if you are pregnant or nursing, make sure to check with your doctor before you, you make any important changes in diet, before you start fasting or even consider fasting or anything like that. This is not medical advice. Uh, I'm just letting you know uh, what we know so far. If you're confident and you want to give it a shot, uh, we'll be happy to provide some some more information. But but then again, you have to do your own research. We're here to provide some of this information. It's actually a lot simpler. I just want to make sure that that you don't just jump into the deep end uh, without really knowing what the potential consequences are um, of all these different things. Now, in order to compare, like I said, if we wanted to to, to be a keto diet, we need to increase our fat. However, there are other variables. There are other ways of improving our diets 
Um, but they all involve lowering our carbs. That's that's the number one thing that we need to do. We need to consume less carbs. That's for sure. So your our goal at, at the very least should be to stay below 100 grams per day. These are net net carbs per day. Um, but like I said, ideally you want to go much further down. If you want to do keto, you want to do 20 grams, 50 grams in certain cases when you're, when you're fat adapted, you can get away with that. But if you want to go into keto, you want to stay below 20. And now when you want to compare, so for instance, if you want to talk about keto and paleo, what's the difference between keto and paleo? Well, keto is basically a lower carb version of paleo. Paleo is supposed to be the way our ancestors ate. So they they place a very special emphasis on consuming high-quality, nutrient-dense foods and minimizing chemicals and toxins. So obviously anything that is uh, GMO, that is not organic, that didn't exist back then, that is processed, that is made in a plant uh, or in a factory, I mean, um, is not considered paleo, right? Uh, but they don't necessarily place an emphasis on increasing the amount of uh, fat that you consume. Obviously, the number of carbs are very low, but they do allow certain starchy vegetables. They do allow fruit. They do allow honey, which we know are 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 high in 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 a lot of different sugars. Now, the thing here that we need to consider is back then fruits were seasonal. So we would not be consuming most fruits in winter and even in uh, in fall. Fruits would start being consumed in spring and would continue to be consumed in summer. And of course, our ancestors, whenever they found a tree uh, that was giving fruit, would probably just completely gorge on them for for that period of time. But then they wouldn't they wouldn't take them home and freeze them so they could do berry smoothies uh, throughout the winter. So that's that's something important to consider. Um, they don't they don't advocate as a matter of fact in in paleo community dairy is not is not permitted so um even even butter yogurts uh milk anything like that is not allowed while it is allowed in 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 the keto community because it's a very easy way to increase your consumption when you're when you're consuming um grass fed dairy it's a very easy way to increase the amount of protein and the amount of fats that you're consuming with virtually no carbs. Um, of course, there are certain sugars in milk, so you need to, to keep that in mind. Uh, you're not going to completely base your diet on cheese and, 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 these, and, and milk, but it is mostly fat and protein. Um, they obviously also do not advocate or allow for for any sweeteners. So any artificial sweeteners are not uh, considered paleo. Now, a, a very important distinction here, and the same thing happens with, with keto, is that we're starting to see a lot of paleo and a lot of keto junk food. So we see the, the keto brownies and the keto cookies and the keto this and the keto that and the paleo pancakes. And the thing is, the whole purpose of this is to start or to go back to eating a, a less refined, a more natural, less processed uh, way of eating. So all of these Franken foods, doesn't matter if they're high fat and low carb, they should still be avoided. And that's that's something very important that I do want to emphasize when people start converting and start becoming or eating keto or eating paleo or eating all these things. It's very easy to kind of have that 
inkling that that inclination to find your comfort foods or your your little desserts or your little rewards and you know growing up i had the same thing whenever you know if you behaved well you would give yourself this little reward and you oh you know what i i had a good workout so i can have a little bit of ice cream and i still do it from time to time to be honest with you but in reality when you stop and you think about it and this is this is actually something funny that uh, that i talk to my wife a lot of, all the time uh when you know when we have these little parmesan cheese crackers or we have something like that little snacks that that we give to our to our son he's one and a half um sometimes when he's being good she will give him something and i said let's let's try not to educate him that way he's and and i will always kid and i'll say he's not a dolphin so we shouldn't reward good behavior with food um because a lot of the times at least it was in my case as i was growing up that was one way that that i got anchored in my mind so now it is you know what i've been good it's time to reward myself and I can eat junk. And in reality, that, that should be the last thing in our mind. So it is very important to consider that. Keep that in mind, not just because it is high fat and low carb. Does it mean that it's healthy? Uh, I remember when I was, oh my God, this was awful. Uh, but when I was a vegan, uh, and thankfully I've been a recovering vegan for many years, that that was that was a short phase. Um, so when I was vegan, I remember that there were so many things and and this one day i got super excited when i realized that oreos were vegan and then when you stop and you think that you know what oreos are vegan and and so are coca-colas you realize that not because you're following a supposedly healthy which i'm not saying that being vegan is healthy right but supposedly healthy uh, lifestyles there will always be different companies and different uh interests trying to to position their products which a lot of the times are junk uh for that particular group of people so in that case it was veganism now it is uh, the keto the paleo community uh, so don't necessarily fall for it read labels uh, look into that and and try to stay obviously as close as you can to unprocessed and natural foods um, continuing down this path if we want to compare for instance keto with atkins keto is basically a lower protein version of atkins Atkins was the original diet uh, popularized by Dr. Atkins. And Dr. Atkins was a cardiologist, and he saw a lot of the research from... um from the early uh, 20th century, and he saw that it was being used to treat patients with epilepsy, but he noticed that a lot of these patients also started losing a lot of weight. So he started doing the research, and he uh, he started developing this diet where he increased a lot of uh, a lot of the fats and the main focus of his diet was to remove as many carbs as possible for the diet. So the focus here was on losing weight and it was for a short, uh, the diet was supposed to be for a short period of time or a limited period of time. So you would go into this super intense diet to lose a lot of weight and then slowly you would start uh, kind of like going back to to your usual uh, eating regimes and, and obviously modifying a couple of things. So, But the most important thing or, or the, the most emphasis that they placed was in removing uh, a lot of the starches. So at the very beginning, they would remove everything that was carbohydrate-based. So, so any pastas, breads, even potatoes, yams, carrots, all of the vegetables that were that were high in, 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 in carbohydrates would be eliminated. So as a result, and, and, and this was a diet that was also 
at least at the beginning, catered to men. So it was advertised as eat all the bacon you can, eat all the steaks that you can, eat all the eggs that you can. That's fine as long as you don't eat the hash browns that come with it. And uh, and, and that was pretty much the message. So what, what happened is that we were eating or people in the, in the Atkins diet started eating a lot of meat. And many of these meats weren't very high quality. They were grain fed meats. They were processed meat. They were cured meats. They were uh, they weren't cooking them right. So you also know that if you if you grab, for instance, all these all these bacon and you grab all these different kinds of meats and you and you char them uh, that is also pro-inflammatory so that's not necessarily the best thing you can do for uh, for yourself uh, they have different phases so the diet goes through different phases and they start modifying the macros uh, and the proportions to how much you can eat uh, but the main goal for this was always a, a temporary weight loss uh, out of all the diets that we're discussing all the uh, all the low carb options that we're talking about about today this is probably the one that i would recommend the least um because it doesn't place any emphasis at all in food quality or in sustainability so this is this is not and it it was not the sign even from the beginning to be a sustainable uh long-term way of life which is really the only way that 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 we are going to be able to become healthier in terms of what we're eating so that's why i don't advocate it a lot Uh, a lot of people still use it it's a very easy way to get started you basically just get rid of of everything that comes from a plant and uh and you eat a lot of animal and processed uh, foods high fat and and that's pretty much it but it's still i i do prefer to place uh, emphasis and quality of, uh, of of the foods that that we're consuming, and then we have the other extreme. So the other extreme, something that that has become very popular, but it's also, at least from my point of view, uh, people who do it consistently and and, and the people who are involved with this, uh, they claim that it is uh, sustainable and long term and all these different things. But but I find that whole thirty is 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 very 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 restrictive so keto keto is almost a lower carb version of whole 30 whole 30 does allow a little bit more carbs um than than keto here but the focus here is in eliminating food groups for a 30-day nutritional reset whole 30 is a really really good way to kind of like reboot yourself. Uh, if you've been abusing your body for a certain period of time, if you've been uh, neglecting your health, if you've been not being very careful, if you want to really kind of like figure out what's ailing you, this is this is recommended for people, for instance, with autoimmune disorders. Uh, they can go into Whole30 and that will remove a lot of the most common uh, food allergens and that'll allow them to heal for a certain period of time. And then little by little, they will be able to start reincorporating certain things. Um, Whole30, when compared to keto, Whole30 is a lower fat, higher carb diet. Uh, still, it doesn't, it will not go over the, the, the 100 grams per day uh, threshold rarely. Um, it doesn't focus a lot on the ratios of the different, uh, you know, fat, protein, and carbohydrates, but it does go very detailed into the types of food. Uh, all of the dairy is banned here. All of the sweeteners are, are, are banned. And keto, when we talk about keto, there are a lot of different sweeteners that we 
that that are allowed here. Uh, mostly, you will talk about erythriol and hilitol and uh, monk fruit. Um, you know, never splenda and uh, things like that, NutraSweet or, or any of that crap. Um, so, so those are those are probably the, the the main differences. Now, when we talk about so something that is that is interesting is that in all these different diets that I spoke about today, uh, seafood is allowed in all of them and actually uh, encouraged, especially high fatty fish. So salmon, sardines, um, anchovies, all these different fish that have a high fat content uh, that are lower on the food chain. And the reason that you want to eat fish that is lower in the food chain is because they will have less mercury contamination. Uh, and, and that really doesn't matter at this point, whether they're farmed or wild, uh, the, 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 the amount of mercury that the fish have, uh, the amount of fat, you definitely want to have wild. So the difference between wild salmon and, uh, and farmed salmon is, is night and day. Same thing with, uh, sardines, eggs, are allowed in all of them. Again, I I want to very much emphasize the importance of buying and consuming. Uh, they call them free range eggs. So so these these hens they're allowed out. They're allowed to to graze. They eat some grass. They eat some grains. They eat some bugs. Uh, they have a varied diet. They are not just in a cage. They get some sun, which is also very important. You can actually see the difference. You get some of these eggs, and they might be organic. But if the, the eggs, if the hens aren't going out and are getting all these different nutrients, you will see the yolks are yellow. And when you have all these high quality eggs, the yolks are orangey. And that means it has more polyphenols, it has more antioxidants, it has healthier fats. Um, you know, if you've ever had a duck egg, you will see that that orangey, even even kind of like a reddish tinge in the yolk, and and they're super yummy. Uh, and and they're allowed in all of these different diets. There are there are certain types of more restrictive diets. Uh, specifically for certain autoimmune disorders for instance if you were coming in with a with an autoimmune disorder and you wanted to find certain things out um you would definitely want to to cut out eggs as well at the beginning uh just to make sure because they there's a lot of people that do have allergies to eggs um but in these main diets that we're discussing and assuming you don't have an autoimmune disorder you don't have an allergic reaction to most of these foods foods uh, i would still keep them on dairy dairy uh is allowed in keto and in, in atkins uh, but it is not allowed in paleo and in whole 30 meat in keto Everything is good, processed and unprocessed, and Atkins, same thing. Uh, both Pali and Whole30 talk about unprocessed, but again, I want to emphasize the importance, especially if we're talking about beef, uh, of eating grass-fed. Grass-fed, grass-finished. A lot of the times you're going to see that some of these cows are being fed grass, and then the last couple of weeks, they're fed grains in order to fatten them. And, and this makes sense from a production standpoint for the farmers because they sell them by the pound. So the fatter they are, the more money they get per cow. However, the, the, the difference in nutritional profiles from the different kinds of beef uh, is, is, is very, very important. Is, and, and it's very obvious. Uh, that This also includes game meats. So you can see some bison, you can see venison, you can see lamb, you can see all these different game meats uh, that, are, that are allowed in all of them. Vegetables. 
in keto, you can you can have low carb, non starchy only. So you're talking about uh, you know lettuces and spinaches and uh, onions and all these different non starchy vegetables that you have, especially all the cruciferous vegetables. So um, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, uh, kales. Uh, these are these are good in uh, in keto. Paleo allows all and places moderation on starchy vegetables. So you won't be eating a lot of potatoes, for instance, and you will be moderating your consumption of, of carrots and um, yams and things like that. Atkins, same thing, low-carb, non-starchy only, and Whole30 allows all of them, including the starchy ones. Fruit, again, in keto, it is very limited, low-sugar fruits, mostly berries. So when you talk about keto, you're going to see that the fruits that they do emphasize are mostly berries. Uh, that also includes some other fruits, which a lot of people consider vegetables, such as um, avocados and uh, tomatoes, mostly. Um, so so do keep that in mind. They, they are very low in carbs. But for instance, an avocado, for certain people, if they're not fat adapted and they have a whole avocado, that can kick them out of ketosis because it does include a certain number of carbs. It does have certain number of a uh, certain amount of uh, um, fiber in it as well, which brings the net content of carbs down. Uh, by the way, if you're if you're reading labels and you're starting to get confused about these things, net carbs is the total number of carbs that a food has minus the total grams of fiber that it has. So if you have a specific food that lists 12 grams of carbs, and out of those eight grams are fiber, then you have a food with four grams of net carbs. And that's the number that you should be looking at because fibers we do not absorb. Fibers stay in our gut. They feed our, our gut bacteria, but we don't we don't absorb them. Um, so I think I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, another important one: nuts and seeds. So nuts and seeds are limited in keto. They are allowed in paleo. They are again limited in Atkins, and they are allowed in Whole Thirty. Grains are not allowed in any of them. So you're not going to see any of these diets uh, calling for rice dishes or calling for anything, you know, granolas or cereals or, or any of these grains. And, and frankly, there's really no nutritional need for us to, to be consuming them. Uh, same thing with legumes. So you're not going to be seeing beans and you're not going to be seeing uh, lentils and any of these different dishes. Coffee. Coffee has become popular, uh, especially in the keto community, thanks to Bulletproof. And um, so obviously, it, it, keto, it is allowed. Uh, most of the time, what you can add to it as well is uh, heavy, heavy cream, butter, or MCT oil, or any non-calorie sweeteners allowed that, that, that you can find. Uh, in paleo, you can have black coffee, but no cream or artificial sweeteners are allowed. Uh, same thing in Atkins. Atkins is, uh, limits the amount of coffee that you can drink, whether it's black or not, because of the caffeine. They have this, this, this observation on, on, on caffeine. And Whole30 does allow it, except for the creams and the sweeteners. So you can have your, uh, your, your coffee at Whole30. And alcohol. Alcohol is not really recommended in any of them, uh, but keto keto are okay, uh, especially if you're talking about certain wines, especially the the dry wine the dry wine variety, which are low carb, and certain unflavored liquors, uh, which won't kick you out of ketosis if you have maybe one a day. Um, 
Palio thinks very much the same way. Both Atkins and Whole30, uh, they discourage the consumption of, of, of alcohol altogether. Now, why should you be considering a, a, a switch to a ketogenic diet? Well, as we said at the beginning of this episode, the carbs are rapidly converted into glucose and our cells use it rapidly. And that's why we get super hungry and then we eat and we feel okay and then we crash. Because what happens is that we're very rapidly bringing in a lot of glucose and we're very rapidly putting it inside our cells so we get hungry again. And that's why, you know, if you work in corporate America or anywhere else, if you work in an office and you see that people go out for their lunch break and everyone who eats you know, these, these rice dishes, these burritos, these different high carb meals, what's going to happen is that you see them back at their desk at around 3 p.m. and they're, they're, they're struggling to stay awake and they have to go grab an, an extra cup of coffee because they, they try to caffeinate their way to, to, till the end of the day because they're crashing. They, they, they get hungry. They eat, they consume a lot of carbs that increases their, 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 their blood glucose that increases their insulin and by increasing their insulin they that wipes out the glucose that puts it inside the cells and they crash because again they don't have circulating glucose now what's the difference is that when we consume fats and we or not so much consume fats but when we don't consume um carbohydrates with our meals what's going to happen is that we're forcing our liver to start converting our fats into ketones. And this is a slower process, but it's also a process that is not as dramatic or the result is not as dramatic or as rapid as it is when we release all this glucose into our bloodstream. So our energy levels don't really spike. Our ketones go to a certain level and they will start nourishing our cells. Our cells will be able to use it up. It doesn't burn as fast and it doesn't burn as dirty. It's a lot cleaner burning in terms of cellular waste. So it keeps us fuller for longer. You're going to see that a lot of people who do keto diets, they probably eat once a day. I normally will have one or two meals a day. I can a lot of the times go with one meal. Uh, I do a lot of, of fasts. I do 36-hour fasts. I do 72-hour fasts. Uh, and, and this is also once you get to a certain level of, of fat adaptation, it has other other benefits, which we can explore in a, in a different episode. But the reason is we don't necessarily need to be eating three times a day. You can, I'm not going to say that, I'm not, I'm not saying that you won't be eating, but you don't necessarily have to do it. Your hunger will dictate when and if you need to, to eat again. It's no longer, well, you need to eat because it's dinner time. You eat when you're hungry and you you stop when you're not. And it's as simple as that. There's really no easier way. I remember when I was a vegan, oh my God, I was hangry all the time. It doesn't matter how much I ate. I was always thinking about my next meal. I had to be planning everything around where I was going to be going. When I was traveling, I had my assistant look up restaurants in the area that, that were like vegan friendly or straight up vegan so that I could make sure to have a re- vegan meal. And uh, it, it, it was just painful. It was just very, very difficult. I couldn't believe that I put up with that with it for, for that long. Um because in reality, really biologically doesn't make any sense to me right now when I understand this. So if you would like to get started uh, and to learn more about uh, ketogenic diets and, and how they work, 
uh, feel free to visit our website. So the show notes for this episode are going to be at dre.show. That's dre.show forward slash 004. And I'm going to have links there to the different things that we've, that we've been talking about, to the different resources for you to learn more about uh, these different diets. And you will have a chance to, to send me your questions. Uh, some of those questions we might use for follow-up episodes. If we do use them in follow-up episodes, I'll send you a cool gift. Um, and there, there are also a couple of different things that you can do. So our actionable steps for this episode. If you want to get started, if you want to start uh, changing the way you eat and maybe moving more towards a a healthier, more sustainable, long-term regimen or eating uh, routine, here's what I recommend you do. First, track your macros for a week. Before you do any change, at least get a snapshot of what you're currently eating. A lot of the times, and this has been proven time and again, that we overestimate how good we're eating. And in reality, most of the time we get shocked by it. The easiest way, there's there's an app and it's a web service. It's called Chronometer. And I'll make sure to link it here as well. They have a free account and they have a premium account. 99% of the time you can you can get away with the with the free account perfectly fine. Um, it has a huge database of uh, of uh, different foods that you can start logging in for, for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, in between. And they also have this huge database of users that have been submitting specific recipes and, and store-bought products. So if you live in the US or Canada, uh, most likely is whatever product you go to a store and you want to buy, it'll have the exact breakdown in terms of... Uh, of carbs, proteins, fats, and uh, a lot of the different micronutrients as well. So do that for a week. I think you will be surprised. And and don't don't check like every every two seconds. Just use it. Just log everything. Use it like a, like an idea dump almost. And and just just log everything that you're eating. And at the end of the week, review it. And it's going to be eye opening. You're going to realize how much you're eating of certain things and how little you're eating of others. And how often you're eating a lot of the times and it also logs your times and when you're hungry and not. And, and that's going to be a very, very important eye-opening uh, activity that you can do. Then, once you have that, then you determine your net carb goal. And like I said, if you, if you want to start transitioning, what I suggest is I suggest you aim for about 100, 125 grams of net carbs to begin with, don't try to don't try to go be the overachiever because that's that's the easiest recipe for failure. Don't don't say you know what I'm just gonna do 20 grams of carbs if you've been doing 600 grams of carbs every every day so far. So decide where you're gonna go and then you start working backwards. You can start creating uh, meal prep menus. You can start planning your meals. You can start taking certain steps to make sure that you stay within those limits. Most important thing, be patient with yourself. Once you start doing this uh, this uh, dietary changes, you will start feeling better, but it's going to take a while. You've been, you've been eating a different way for a certain amount of years. You cannot expect to change it and two days later start dropping weight. Now, a lot of people do drop a lot of weight initially when they switch to keto, and this is due to the fact that they're no longer retaining as much fluid. So that's the easiest way to drop weight. And uh, and, and, and that, that serves a purpose because a lot of people get motivated, but 
then they plateau for a couple of weeks and and that's that's completely normal be patient with yourself take it easy uh it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon you've heard that a thousand times but it is it really is true and and then the other thing is and something that i've been doing especially you know and I have a lot of experience working with with children, especially with uh, autistic children. And one of the things that that benefits them as well is a ketogenic diet, but a hard hard way for them to get into into nutritional ketosis, uh, given their peakiness for eating, given that you know they have to be very strict with what they eat and the times, and, and restricting all these all, all the amount of calories and eating more fats. So, what seems to work very well for them, and it's something that I use as well, are exogenous ketones. So, these are there are different salts, different products. Most of them are are little satchels and powders, and you dissolve them in water, and and they're the ketone salts, and they're not want to emphasize this they're not the long-term solution you don't you don't consume exogenous ketones and not change your diet and keep that up and then consider yourself in, in ketosis that's that's simply not the way it works but if you want to get like a head start and you want to get a boost uh right off right off the gate then this is something you can consider i'm going to link a few of those as well um in the description for this episode once again that's going to be a dr e dot show dre dot show forward slash zero zero four and another very important thing is not to do so your not to do list is go full-blown keto right away don't just like i said a couple of minutes ago don't just jump from a, a completely regular standard american diet full of uh you know carbs and cheetos and pizza and ice cream and then decide that you're going to go full-blown keto and have 10 grams of carbs a day because the keto flu on that is going to be terrible plus you're not going to have fun plus you've never really done it so you're probably going to fail even just at choosing the kind of food so so don't try to go straight full-blown keto right away Second, don't do extensive fasts. If you haven't fasted before, don't just say, you know what, I'm just going to fast for a day or two and, and, and see where that leads because it's not, it's not safe and it's not the smart thing for you to do, especially like I said at the beginning, if you are pregnant and or nursing, don't even think of that. And the third, just as important thing, don't go into this and go to the supermarket and buy every single package of, of, of keto and paleo junk food. Honestly, stay away from those things. Uh, it is it is much better if you have a, a sweet craving, something like that. Just have some non-sugar chocolate, uh, dark chocolate. So anything above 80%, not a lot of people really like that or that won't really take the edge of uh, a lot of people. Try some uh, some peanut butter almond butter uh or even just have a small piece of fruit have some berries have something like that but avoid the junk food avoid the keto cookies avoid the 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 keto pancakes avoid all that stuff because in reality it's 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 not helping you get closer to your keto goals those a lot of the times we see like super intense keto people who've been doing keto for for several years who are completely fat adapted it's fine they can have those and it won't kick them out of it but but if you're just starting 
that's going to completely sabotage your gains. So I think that's it for today. I probably went a little bit longer than I wanted to. Uh, but if you have any questions, make sure to send them our way. And I'll be happy to address them either in the comments in our in our blog or where, where you see the episode notes or in a future episode. Um, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you like this episode, remember to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us a lot uh, in order to get noticed in iTunes if if... If you're going in there and leaving your reviews and and uh, and uh, subscribing to it, so thank you so much for supporting the show, and uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Doctor E's Highway to Health Show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcast. Doctor E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.